Welcome to Teaching Root. Today we're going to talk about flipped learning. Now the ironic part about this podcast is that it's not very flipped. No, it's not. In fact, this is going to be the very anti-flip flip. Yes, we are. We are talking about flipping, but not flipping. Yes. So now that we've confused people, let's talk about what flipping actually is. And we're not talking about gymnastics. There's a hint. No, but at the same time, when you, if you think about a philosophical flipping or a, uh, a practice flipping, then it is. We get students to engage in the lesson before the lesson. So what ends up happening is a teacher will go and create a video. And a lot of people think it's all about the video, but it's not. The video is just a tool that you use. And within the video, you want to make sure that you only have one concept. Anything else? It's going to be too complex and too heavy. Absolutely. And you know what? We're not talking about having 20 or 30 minute videos either. We're talking no. about five, eight minutes, not very long at all. And this, I'm talking about this even for the middle school and high school kids. 10 minutes max for a high school student. Oh yeah, and if, and if it's any less, like the younger they are, the shorter your video has to be. Yeah. My third, uh, like third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders, you've got, I would say, three, four minutes tops. Thank you very much. I do six with my kids, but yes, I've got nine and 10 year olds. Yeah, so, they might, so the higher the age, the more engaged they can be. But you've got to have, and the younger grades, you need to have more visuals. It can't just be you talking in front of a screen. You need to do, like, basically, run it through your screen so they can see things and engage with it and kind of be dazzled by it a bit. Yes. Now, once you've got your video done, you need to plan your activities because the whole point of flipping is to allow you to have more hands-on stuff during class. So it's not one of those things where they watch a video and then they come in and then they do a worksheet. That is not flipping. No. So what you need to do is you have your video, the students watch the video, you need to have some sort of engagement with the video. So maybe it could be something like, I want you to watch this tonight and then come back to me tomorrow with three questions. Or it could be that there are a series of questions that they need to answer as they're watching. Um, and then the next day in class, you've got some sort of hands-on activity, usually group-based, that the students are working towards. And then you as a teacher can take the time to see um, a little bit of formative assessing, see where those students are at, see who needs to have a bit of reinforcement of the concept, uh, see who's struggling and just needs a little bit of TLC, that kind of a thing. And what may also help again, to help you figure that out too is to do like an open-ended task at the end of a current lesson that's about the next lesson. If you do an open-ended task to kind of, as a kind of an uh, entry slip of the day before, or the class before, you'll get an idea of, okay, when this person's watching the video, I expect them to not fully understand this when they come in. Or, hey, this person has a really great prior knowledge to this. When they come in, they'll probably have this concept mastered already. One thing, if you want to be successful with flipping, you need to teach your students how to watch the video. It is not the same as sitting down to watch your latest superhero or Disney film. That's just like shutting the mind off and watching. You need students to actually look for things and retain information from these. So if you've decided to flip your classroom, you may spend a week or two teaching your kids 
how to actually watch these things and what they need to do as they're watching. Yeah. Things like sketching as they're doing like sketch notes or taking notes. And the way you can do this is create your video, but then show the video in class and pause it as you go and talk through um, the steps that you would take if you were the student watching the video. Basically, like any good practice goes, you model what you want the students to do. Yes. And for some classes, you could probably teach them this in one lesson and let them run. Other classes, they might need a little bit more scaffolding. Yeah. As you kind of get, get into this idea of flipped learning, you're still, there's still going to be a fair amount of differentiation in your class. And, you, and as you build the tasks for the day, don't just think of it as every student is getting one task after, the, after they've done, watched the video. Some students will not have watched the video despite what you ask. That's right. In which case, you can always have a station set up in your classroom so that they can go and watch it then. Just don't make it look like a punishment corner, because I can see Although, that Although, you know, I gotta say, so many North American classrooms, the computer is off in the corner. Yep. Go sit in the quiet corner and do the work you didn't do. Uh, yeah. It is go. something where it's a valid concern about yeah. kids not watching the video, but if you've got a really engaging activity that the kids are working on, except for the ones that didn't watch the video, they often clue in pretty quick that they need to make sure that they're watching these things. Yeah. And for then, students that have issues with access, there are several teachers that will have a, a video watching time, shall we call it. You can come into my classroom before school starts and watch it then, or you can come in during recess, or you can come in after school and watch it. Yeah. There, are th there are ways around that. That just means you have to be really prepared. Like it can't be done day to day right after school. Like record a lot of these videos all at once and have them ready for the week. And if you do it that way too, a lot of kids can engage at their own pace as well. Um, yeah, so you've they, got kids that need that time to process. Yeah, so maybe some kids need to, work, need to watch the video a couple times before they've mastered it. Or maybe you've got a kid who went through all five at once and go, I got this. Yeah, so, now that actually kind of brings into the how. Yeah. And you know what? It's so simple. When I started flipping, I started off just with my MacBook, using QuickTime, dumping it into iMovie, and then putting it onto the school drive. Since yeah. then, I've added a better microphone, but I'm still using QuickTime. And now I'm uploading it to YouTube so other people can use it as well. So, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, and that tends to be the most common practice of uploading to YouTube. Um, there are other programs that people have subscribed to that allow it to. Flipgrid and Seesaw are the two I can think of immediately, um, which tend to be, and they're, they're not purpose-built for flip learning, but they can be used for flip learning. And you know what? It is something where you don't need to flip your whole classroom. No. You could flip a unit. You could flip a single lesson. So visual arts teachers, music teachers out there, Here's a, here's a tip for you, pro tip. Try flipping your cleanup process. Because how many times have you taught the kids how to wash out a paintbrush and where to put it after it's washed? Things like that, if you flip it and students forget, you can just point them back to the video rather than taking 10 more minutes of your class time. Flip your uh, putting away laptops procedure in your classroom if you're a primary teacher. Yep. 
if you have a cart or if you have them in your room at all times, do a video. Have have some students. If, if, if you have some students done a task early, video them doing it, and then post that up on YouTube. And you can then, then go, hey, in case you've forgotten, here it is. Yes, absolutely. And if you have things like iPads in your classroom, you might have different procedures flipped and then you put a QR code next to the spot where you would have that. So maybe there's a certain way you want your classroom library organized. Well, you could create a video on that, upload that, and then put a little QR code beside your library. Yeah, in case you've forgotten, here's how we do it. Yes. Now, there's a lot of people that have the conception that flipping is just for middle school and high school. It's not. You can flip almost anything, but depending on the age level will depend on how you flip things. You might do what's called an in-class flip, where if you're a lower primary teacher. So that would be like setting up a center as a part of the rotation of activities. And at that center is the videos that you've created. And notice how I keep coming back to the stuff that you're creating. That's the key to the flip. It builds relationships with your students when you are the one making the videos because they're seeing you and they're interacting with you, even though they're not interacting with you, but they are. And I've got kids who will watch videos that I upload for other grade levels, come in and say, oh, Miss, 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 I just watched your new video. And they get really excited about it. Or get little mini rock star status. As teachers, we're all little rock stars. Um. Exactly. Um, giving a shout out to the cool kinders in, I think they're in New York. Um, that's a kindergarten teacher who has flipped her classroom. So if she can do it with five-year-olds, then most people will be able to do it with eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. You can do it with anybody. And if you're wanting more information, go check out John Bergman and the Global Flip Network. They've got a lot of good stuff going on there. Yeah, flipclassroomworkshop.com also has some best practices listed and some other things you can use as well. Yeah, and we will put those on our own site, teachinggrew.com. Yeah. All right, folks, that's all for this week. Uh, we will see you, not see you. We don't actually see you. I'm sorry. I wish we could. I'm sure you all have beautiful faces. Um, but we will... Hopefully, you will hear us next time. That's all for today. Bye, everyone. Bye.